Hey, I'm Caroline, and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. I'm really excited. We're talking about road tripping, which is a really exciting thing. I feel like it's in most of our plans this summer. You'll be road tripping in some form, I hope. We have my friend Annie on, and we just talk about safety things. We talk about the benefits of road tripping over like maybe flying. And I just think it has a lot of great tidbits that aren't always right in front of your face. Like Annie has a ton of experience with road tripping, so I just really love the advice she gives. A little housekeeping stuff before we get into the interview. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to our previous episodes If you have an idea for the podcast, a guest you would love to see, a topic you would love, maybe questions you have, you can always get in touch with us at inhernaturepod at gmail.com or on Instagram at inhernaturepod. We have free stickers. If you would like some, let us know the best place to send them to you. We would be happy to do so. And last but not least, if you would be willing, we would really appreciate it if you share this episode or previous episode with a friend or someone you think would really enjoy it. While you're at it, we would also really appreciate it if you followed us on social and maybe even rated us five stars or whatever you think is reasonable on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating if you feel comfortable. That really helps us. I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but it is really helpful for us to grow in different avenues. So we appreciate any support you're willing to give in her nature. And that's really all for me. I really appreciate everyone listening and I hope you have a great rest of your week. tripping Um, because I feel like when I think of you I'm like she's constantly on the move but in a great way I mean we were talking about their seasons of good and bad but like a lot of times when we have these ideas or spaces or jobs we want to go to it requires travel of some sort especially like I'm currently in the midwest so I have to travel out west a lot to get out there obviously um Okay, so you can drive, you can fly, you can do a bunch of different ways. What do you think the advantage of, like, driving is over any other form of travel? Yeah, well, I feel like sometimes, um, and I hope other people feel this way too, when you fly somewhere, it's such a quick transition that it almost feels like an illusion, right? You're like, totally. I was there like I was in Chicago this morning and now I'm in Montana and this feels really weird. Um, so it's very, it's a very quick transition. It's very expensive and it's kind of uncomfortable. Like when are you in that close to strangers, personal space and it's just acceptable. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's like also this people's social cues or social etiquette. Um, is so important and nobody teaches you I mean directly teaches you what is acceptable and what's not so I think it's kind of an interesting social experiment I totally Um, agree not to interrupt you but the airport is like the true wild west to me no matter where you go every airport is just completely unhinged especially now but like (laughs) it's so stressful I mean it doesn't always have to be but a lot of times it is it is stressful. And I mean, yeah, if you're in a good mental state, like you're not feeling super anxious that morning, it can be exciting. It can be like people watching because yeah, it does feel like the one. Totally. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. So that's my thought on planes. Um, and sometimes, sorry, this is a little tangent. I feel like my life is like planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just, um, in Texas and we were like in way Southern Texas. So kind of along the Mexican border. And I was trying to find my way home, like back to the Midwest. And um, I, so I had to hitchhike to a town. It was my first hitchhike. It was terrifying. (laughs) You have to talk about that, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, then I took an Amtrak to the airport. So that was like a 12 hour Amtrak. Um, And then I finally got on the plane and got to Iowa but yeah it was like a two-day um planes trains and automobiles <laughs> I think I'd be like so wiped after that I wouldn't even like know my name like I always think that when I like either if I the couple times I've gone to Europe or like Hawaii I get off the flight and I'm like oh my god I don't even know who I am after that like am I a different person that sounds <laughs> like an adventure in itself Okay. Totally. But then you feel so proud of yourself too. You're like, wow, oh, I made it all the year. <laughs> totally. And you do a lot of your travel somewhat alone, like a fair amount of it, I'd say. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, geez, I'm like my own best friend. I wish I had a buddy, <laughs> but yeah, it's okay, usually but- alone. <laughs> Oh, but but the alone really like yes there are safety issues we have to think about and we'll get into that but like there is a really empowering feeling about traveling alone especially as a woman like you yeah. can handle all this stuff and I mean again the safety I want to like reiterate is really important but I always think like coming home from trips like not going there going there I'm so excited I don't think about anything else but the trip but coming home that's like a space and a weird bubble of time that you get just to reflect on your like life almost it's so weird and I always come up with these like really interesting thoughts that I would have never thought about on my way home. So I just think traveling alone is really interesting and like creates space for a lot of good thoughts and stuff. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And you put it well, it creates a new space that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I think um, like going back to the original prompt, this, it's such a way to connect with yourself. And through road tripping, you discover like, some of your fears like you know you have to face these uncomfortable situations and um you also have to face your thoughts and for me I think I am on the move a lot and sometimes that's really positive and sometimes it doesn't allow that space for processing um so through road tripping I believe that you kind of have an outlet for self-discovery um and also on a more practical level it's um like driving allows for so much more flexibility based on your mood or what you want to see um and also you can haul more stuff like you can carry your skis or your surfboard or whatever and not worry about transporting it across the country which is really awesome I'm having this like really distinct memory of one of the road trips I went on where like we had stuff strapped to every inch of our car. And I'm like, (laughs) I literally don't know how we would have done this trip otherwise because, and gratefully we had a car to road trip. That is like a privilege that we're not even talking about is like having a car to do this in. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, you can just get away with a lot. And I also think changing for weather, and I think we'll get into this too a little bit later, but like, you're not stranded in the airport when the weather gets bad. You might be stranded somewhere else. And I mean, there's like issues there too, but you do have some flexibility on like what you're willing to take on that day. So I think it just, you have a little bit more control maybe over your experience traveling. Yeah, totally. And if you know that you need certain comforts around, you can be like, okay, well, I need to stop every two hours because I need a Starbucks iced coffee. You know, hopefully you can find your Starbucks, but like you can have that, you know? Yeah. Or like, I need to take a nap. Uh, not me personally, but some people <laughs> need to take a nap pretty often. Um. So yeah, definitely that flexibility is important. And I kind of, I grew up um, in the Midwest, obviously, but um, with my family always being that classic Midwest family, that's like, why would we fly? We can drive, um, which makes sense if you have kids because navigating the airport with children is so chaotic. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. Um. So anyways, we would drive out to Colorado every winter which is like you know 15 hour drive um and so I had that kind of source where I was like well why can't we just drive there um and also the other day I had lunch with my grandma and it was so funny because I had like one of those light bulb moments where she was telling me about her trip from they drove from Florida to California she loves it she loves her road trips and um I think your that's blood. where it came from. Yeah, it's in yeah. my blood. <laughs> that's really cool, Annie. I didn't even think about that, but you're so right. Like the Midwestern family, like the nuclear Midwestern family is so pro road trip. Like all of my friends, are, <laughs> yes. they grew up going on these insane road trips. My family did that too. Like I can remember the movies we had in the backseat, like on our road trips. Like I know them so well because we would watch them so many times. So I do think it is kind of like a, a thought not a thought process but like a, a mindset you have of like yeah I could do that like we did it before we can do it again so I feel like yeah I think that's really unique to the Midwest honestly because we are in the middle of everything but also like 12 hours away from everything so we have to like it's not going to stop us from getting there but we do need to get there yeah for sure it, it doesn't stop them <laughs> but no <laughs> it is it does kind of in that way become like a coming of age of sorts you know when you like when you're you were driving in the car with your parents and you feel like all emotional I don't know your eight-year-old self is like listening to Taylor Swift and like looking out the window feeling so emo (laughs) like that's and then it progresses right so you're like looking out the window at eight and then you're 10 and then you're driving your own car across the country and it makes you feel like wow I've come so far and I'm I'm really proud of myself because even as people in our 20s you're still feeling like you're growing up all the time and you need that time to or that space to reflect on that experience I love that and I think you put into words like so perfectly what a lot of us feel like and why a lot of us still opt to drive like I just drove like I easily could have booked a flight from Milwaukee to Denver but I drove out west to go skiing because I didn't. I just didn't feel like dealing with it all. Like I just was like, I want to yeah. get my car and just drive and reflect on the semester I just had and think about it. And that's where a lot of this, like, I don't know, confidence came from. Where I just had time to really think through things and be like, I cannot believe I just 
did that or I can't believe I just handled that and then you're like I can't believe I just drove to Colorado like it doesn't seem like that big of a feat but then when you actually have time to think about it it is yeah really beautiful so I love how you said that I think that's a great point yeah that's so cool that you did that I was thinking that um we went on a road trip together yeah Jackson that was a crazy trip I just remember we we woke up in the middle of South Dakota and we just kind of hit it and we I did the whole state of Wyoming basically because Jackson Hole's like in what the northwest corner of Wyoming yeah so that was oh such my a good cool trip though like That's all amazing. things considered yeah well I think that seeing you know this is off topic but seeing the Tetons for the first time when anybody has that experience it's so I don't know. There are those moments where you, uh, you see yeah. a certain view and it just changes everything. And I feel that way about Glacier National Park. And I feel that way totally. about it's, it's totally. but it's not often clear. So you gotta get lucky. <laughs> well, and that just made me think like both the times I've gratefully gone to Tetons and Glacier, I drove like I didn't fly in. I guess I flew into Kalispell for glacier but then we drove down to missoula and then back up from missoula like we were driving around the whole time i didn't go straight in but you get to see the story behind the national park sometimes like you get to drive through like the passes you need to get through and like the i don't know i just really like how it's a slow build up and then all of a sudden you get there and you're like oh my god it's here like you don't just fly and look out the window you're like oh there it is like you really have to earn it sometimes totally and especially coming out you know it depends on where you're going but it's going to be a long haul. And I remember, so my first time ever coming out here, um, which is why I'm here right now, is my friend Sage from Wisconsin moved out here for the summer. I moved out near Whitefish. And yeah, and one day we had driven from the middle of South Dakota and then we got here and Sage was like, you know, it's summertime and everyone in their 20s is like crazed like we have to make the most of every second yes Um, yes (laughs) so and I love that energy um so we got out of the car and Sage is like we're going on um on a hike right now like a waterfall hike and uh you know get changed and get ready to go and so we're like okay um and we drive going to the sun road which is just one of the most beautiful roads ever to exist um and we go on this amazing waterfall hike we're swimming in the waterfalls and then after the hike she's like okay now we're going camping and it was just like right that was my first experience having one thing after the other because usually you can press um but yeah I wouldn't have done it any other way and that road trip like made me fall in love with montana and is why i'm here right now it was so so cool yeah yeah it was really cool um lizzie or elizabeth who we interviewed a couple days ago for the podcast about skiing her and i and liz who was also on that episode i recorded we all had a trip planned but lizzie and i biked going to the sun road like early may or probably like late may actually and biking was insane because it's close to cars still so you like it it's just you in the road and it, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done it was so sick 
Yeah. And you feel so accomplished because it's such a steep road. Yeah. I will say the day we did it, it was not open super far yet. Like it depends on how much the snow melts. So sometimes you can get pretty far and ours wasn't like super far, but we still went on like a really fun hike afterwards. And, but that was oh. all thanks to like a road trip. So that was really cool. I don't know. Now I'm thinking about all my cool memories I have from road trips. And like a lot of them, a lot of my like closest friends, I think I got really close with on road trips. Yes. And it's so sentimental. You're like, you feel so bonded to them because you, I mean, it's not easy being in the car with the same person for a long time and then being in that close proximity for so long. So yeah, it is really telling if your friendship persists through that. Yeah, totally. Okay. This is a good like transition so we were talking about being in the car for like with the same person for a long time and sometimes like the road trips that you've probably gone on and some of the ones I've gone on are like upwards of like 30 hours obviously we don't do that all at once but like they're multiple days long I guess do you have any like tips or things that you really love that like help make the time more manageable or like maybe content that you love or like how do you kind of like make those big trips like manageable I guess yeah Um, so I think it's good to kind of set a goal right away. I mean, I try to start in the morning or time of day you wanted. Um, so I'll say like, I'm going to starting this morning, I'm going to drive 10 hours. And if I make it more than 10 hours, that's awesome. But this town is like 10 hours away and I know that there's a spot to stay there. Um, so kind of looking at the overall route first and then mapping it out in segments I think is helpful because if you're doing that on the road it's really stressful and dangerous and you can't like be looking at every stop um so that's kind of a different note so that you can be fully immersed in whatever you're doing your podcast because you know where you're going um and then yeah honestly I'm not a huge podcast person like I've tried to get into them, but I don't know. I think that I'm just a very distracted person. (laughs) Really, I listen to a little bit of it and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I get the gist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So I think for me, I just love to listen to music and um, discover new music. I go through throughout the road trip, I will go on like a musical journey. where It's like, I'll start and I'll do country like, you know, this is country hour, just felt those songs. Um, And then there's always like three hours of Taylor Swift. 100% have to have that. Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. So I just like go into the different genres. and then I'll call my friends. It's like such a good opportunity for me to connect with people um, and just to talk to them for multiple hours because you're not restricted by time. Uh, so and that's why I love having that open time because I miss my friends and often I don't connect with them as much as I would like. So oh, I love that. I'm like completely obsessed with the musical journey because <laughs> You really can like break up time like that. And it could be like, I mean, it's really nice to break things up into multiple hours. You could do like two hours of something, but that really helps because then you don't feel like, I don't know. One time we listened to Taylor Swift for literally like six hours. I was driving. It was like kind of at night, which I don't advise. And we can get into that too. But like, 
I needed literally anything to keep me awake. So I was like, we're doing Taylor Swift hardcore. And I just had my friend like cue up songs. And so I was like surprised, but I got to pick the genre we were listening to. (laughs) That's kind of a fun game you can play. And then you only get like a couple skips an hour. We would always do that. That way, like, I don't know. It was kind of fun. So I love that idea. Um, Another weird thing is I'll listen to podcasts I've never listened to. I, I only listen to them on road trips. So like the podcast Car Talk, like the old NPR podcast. It's like these oh, two guys yeah. that like talk about cars. Literally, I only listen to it on road trips. Like I will not listen to it in any other time frame. But that's kind of a goofy thing. Yeah, I need you to send me some because I don't. Yeah, I'll definitely go through phases. And <laughs> last time I was on a road trip, I discovered this Um kind of like spiritual type of podcast um and it was from these religious philosophers and I listened to like five episodes and I just thought like am I interested in this new religion so oh, no, <laughs> yeah maybe they got me I know. so be, yeah. be mindful you may be um at a good vulnerable time to be taken into a religious call on your road trip <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's another thing. Speaking of vulnerability, I just, yeah. there has to be time in the road trip to just cry. Like, yeah. you don't know when it's going to happen. Yep. Maybe it's when you're leaving someplace. But if that's, you're just, you know, you're processing a lot. And it's the perfect time to do that, to just cry for as long as you need. Yeah. <laughs> And especially if you're alone too, like you can kind of do like your music, you kind of think through everything when you have your cry block and then you call friends and you kind of get like re, like your emotions change a lot. But if you're with other people and you cry too, that's always kind of fun because they can't go anywhere. So like you get kind of trauma bonded. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Suddenly all these emotions are arising and you're just like, well, I have to deal with this. Yeah, literally. The other thing I will say, and this is like a little bit off topic, but we've gotten super into playing 20 questions on road trips. Like, oh, that's play fun. Hours. And I don't know why it's so fun, but like, I think it's because your brain just gets like really tunnel visioned if you're driving. And so you have a hard time thinking like normally, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but we'll play 20 questions for like, I don't know, four or five hours. And you'll get to the point where like one time I was doing this with Tommy and he was like, I the word I had was corn dog and he was trying to guess it and he said basically like hot dog breaded in corn on a stick and I was like okay like yes but also no like what is that item and he like could not (laughs) form the words together and so and I've had like situations where that's happened to me so it's really fun because you can get just pass a lot of time playing that and for whatever reason it's very fun yeah and then you you're like wait but what even is a corn dog and yeah and then you start talking about it yeah (laughs) that's awesome that's funny (laughs) so yeah kind of random but I I would love to recommend that to people um okay so we talked a little bit about this but like safety wise I think that's one of the biggest things I think about on road trips is like how can we be safe because we're not paying a pilot to get us there like we are the pilot you know so how do you kind of think about safety and risk and all this stuff when you're road tripping yeah Um, well, I think there's definitely multiple aspects to it. Um, so I guess I'll just start with the vehicle because that's a really easy place to start. Um, yeah, it is a privilege to have a vehicle that you can trust to drive across the country. Um, and it doesn't matter what it is, you know, but you should definitely make sure that it 
has been well maintained before you drive um and i don't know i've been learning a lot more about, about cars lately um from different incidents um and it's like as a as a young woman it's really easy to just get in the car and go but yeah definitely make sure that all your fluids are full that you have safe brakes like I was literally in this is crazy so I went to visit my friend in Alaska and this winter and we were driving around her car her, her she has a little Tacoma and we went to this brewery and one of our friends is like hey Kelsey your Tacoma's kind of like sagging a little bit um like it just looks really low and cuz he had a Tacoma so right next to his it looks really short um she's like that's weird but you know I'll get it checked out and the one of the sus- something with the suspension was about to break and literally like we were going down mountain passes in winter weather and this thing they said could have snapped at any moment um so and we were fine like geez yeah so that was crazy but definitely make sure that you're um you know about your vehicle like are the tires good um do they have enough tread on them is your coolant filled um just be aware of all those things um because they will break and yeah (laughs) yeah totally it's not like if but like when and I think tires are a really good call and like whether you're driving in the summer or winter does affect like a little bit I think winter for me personally is like a lot I think about a lot more stuff with my car because if you're picking a car to go out west or something like your friends you're kind of like you have maybe a couple of options like really think about the tires because and how much tread is left on them. I think that's a great point because that's like your connection with the road. And so if your car is fine, but your tires are sus, like that's going to be a problem. So that's a really easy one that just came up for me recently. Um, and maybe like if you're, you are spending a lot of time out West, like snow tires aren't a bad call either. And totally. they're expensive, but like, this is the stuff that like keeps you safe. So in my opinion, it's like worth it. But yeah, I think also just finding an, a mechanic or someone who is really knowledgeable about this stuff to look at it for you. And then learning your own vocabulary is like hard to do, but really important. Exactly. And hopefully you have that opportunity to go into a shop where they're not going to treat you in a condescending manner. And you can genuinely ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually when you do your oil change, uh, that's another important thing. It's getting your Mm -hmm. oil change on time. Um, They'll give you a whole list that says like, okay, we checked um, this fluid, we checked her brakes, you know, we did this and that. Um, Another thing, this sounds so minuscule, but windshield wiper, your windshield wipers. (laughs) Yeah, like the blades. Yep. Yeah, the blades need replaced. And because it's a safety issue, if you can't see what's in front of you, and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the... I was driving down Vail Pass and I wasn't driving my vehicle with terrible, it was horrible windshield wipers. And, you know, there's constant snow and sleet coming onto your car. Yeah, precipitation everywhere. Yeah. 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 Um, So definitely that. And um, red flags to look for with tires are just if you can't see any more tread and they're like straight up balding. That yeah. uh, 
yeah, then they'll just fly off on the interstate. So that also had two tires in one day go like a couple weeks ago. So not again, I was not in control of this situation, but don't put yourself in that situation because then you have to jack up the car and um, call AAA or do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to safety. Okay, so making sure your car is properly maintained is really important. And then also having inside of it um, what you would need for an emergency. So I I kind of feel like there's two different categories for this. One is if your vehicle's in an emergency, and then the other is for your own survival. Um, so for the vehicle part, I think always definitely have jumper cables because, um, you know, what if you accidentally left your light on and your battery dies? That's super common. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another thing that's helpful to have is like an air compressor for your tires um, or fix a flat. Um, it's awesome to have a spare tire. You should, but not everyone does because tires are super expensive. Um, and also, okay, so yeah, air compressor, jumper cables. And then if you do live in somewhere where it's wintry or you're driving um, in winter conditions, it can be helpful to have like tire chains um, and a shovel. You should always have a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we learned this the hard way. At least some of my friends have. And I'm sure you have too. But like, even like, I don't know, black down. Do you, first off, do you have a shovel that you keep, like, that you recommend that you keep in your car? Well, yeah, I do have my like ski shovel, my yeah. shovel, but yeah. I have a kind of heftier one for, um, I, I don't know. I just got it at the hardware store. Okay. We have our backcountry one in our car and like I just haven't taken it out all winter but I haven't had to use it so yeah shovel's huge and and um there's one other thing I was thinking of but yeah shovel is really big and the chains are huge too and make sure they fit like try putting them on once maybe before you have to like that's always practicing or like putting your brain in that space before you have to do it is you'll thank yourself later totally and um also something that they make these sort of traction devices, which are amazing. They're like neon orange little traction pieces you put under your tires. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are pretty pricey, but uh, you can use anything as a traction device. And that is super helpful. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if your car is stuck in mud or snow. Um, I even, what works really well is to put the like the pads that are on top of the carpet to keep it protected to put that underneath your tires if you need extra mm-hmm. yeah like if you're stuck or something yeah yeah I don't know this see I could just ramble about this because the amount of times that I was stuck or other people were stuck this winter because it was so yeah. really is just yeah. like numerous um so yeah know have those safety things and then know how to use them Okay, and then personal survival. Yeah, I like to just keep a box of camping stuff in my trunk at all times, because uh, it's a really good feeling to be like, you know, I could, 
I could camp anywhere right now if I wanted to, or like if I really needed to survive, I know that I have everything I need. Totally. Um, so I think part of that is having, of course, food that doesn't need preserving. So doesn't need refrigerated or anything. Uh, I love mac and cheese. So I always keep like a box of mac and cheese and some, I don't know, some Annie's soup or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then a way to cook it if you want to cook. Um, so, you know, there's those big Coleman camp stoves. Uh, there's also smaller camping, like backpacking stoves, like a pocket rocket. Um, and then making sure you have the fuel because yeah. you're not be able to do anything without the fuel. Um, the other thing I'll say quick is about the fuel is just, and this kind of goes for like a lot of aerosol based things or not aerosol, but like gas based things is in the summer, just be like mindful that it's in your car because if it gets super hot, that can like screw around with like how safe it is. So I know I had a friend and this is just isn't specific to like the fuel for camp stoves, but it just made me think about it. I had a friend who had bear spray in their car. And it was in an aerosol can and it exploded and like blew out their windshield. And so, yeah. So, cause it got, they, they went for a hike. They didn't bring one of the cans. They left the other one in the car. It got like super hot during the day and they were gone for like the whole day, right? Doing a big hike. They get back and their windshield is like exploded. Like their credit cards had melted. So just like, I think that was an extreme case of it, but just if you are like, just maybe in the shoulder seasons, like spring and fall, like just double check, like whatever you're going to keep from the winter going into summer is like safe or whatever and make sure that like I don't know just do like a twice year check to make sure that you don't have any like random cans of stuff hanging out in your car that could like change when the weather gets hot I guess yeah that's a great point and honestly um I don't I think with bear spray and fuel it should never be in the actual like cavity with you inside because um yeah, they they actually make those certain containers for bear spray um, that you can insert it and it's like a protected canister. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, we have to people always want to bring bear spray onto the helicopters and it's like, don't do that. You're going to kill all of us. So <laughs> It's like a compressed air thing. Yeah, no, it's so ridiculous. I um, yeah, I just thought about that because I was like, that was a traumatic story to hear. Oh, yeah. And yeah, bear spray is gnarly. So that's a really good point. Always keep that the fuel and stuff in your trunk. Yep. Um, water is mm-hmm. really important. And yeah, also check that your water hasn't um, dissolved. <laughs> or evaporated. Yeah. Yeah. Evaporated. That's what I mean. Um, <laughs> that happened to me. I was going to make food and then I was like, oh, all evaporated um that's a bummer yeah so having that uh water jug is really awesome they sell great ones um that people use for van life and stuff um so you can get a hefty one of those um sleeping bag or a blanket uh I think it's kind of better to have a sleeping bag because it'll keep you warmer but you know whatever you have Mm -hmm. I always keep a sleeping pad um in mine because you'll be more comfortable or a cot. I just got a cot. So that's like a road tripping upgrades. Upgrade <laughs> big time. And yeah. Annie, you drive, can, you drive a Tacoma, right? Or what car do you have right now? 
Um, yeah. So I sold the Tacoma and now I have a Silverado. So it's like a bigger truck. I know. I'm like a big bus lady driving around. (laughs) Um, so fun. So yeah, I used to camp in the back of the Tacoma. Um, but I don't have a cap on this, uh, truck. So yeah, if you have a topper, it's super nice to sleep in. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Also, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go. Um, matches or a lighter. I think matches are more reliable. So I always like to stick with matches, um, toilet paper and (laughs) you never know when something's going to hit and you're in the car. (laughs) Dude, I always, I have tampons stored in the most random spots in my car. Like literally if someone were to come in that does not know me, and like go in the back like seat pocket they probably find a t- like some form of a tampon and like i don't know not some form but you know what i mean like <laughs> they are literally scattered around my car just cuz i don't know why it just happened that way dude you have them on lockdown you never yeah, know I, when you're going to need one it's like an easter egg hunt it could be a freebie if you need one <laughs> you know like yeah. i have to do that with contacts because i have terrible yeah. eyesight and if my contact gets messed up, then I can't see and I can't drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to do that for sure. That's so interesting. Oh, my gosh. Um, I didn't think about the eyesight, but, yeah, that's a really good call. Yeah, or your glasses because mm-hmm. your eyes can get dry after you drive all day. Um, okay, yeah, so toilet paper. Like, I like to make a little toilet Ziploc bag <laughs> um, and then a first aid kit. Um, I have had jobs where I'm like so adamant on every vehicle having a first aid kit. And if we don't, then I don't want to drive that vehicle because you just, you want to be as prepared as possible. And, uh, that's such an easy way to do it. Yeah. And just, um, a quick caveat is make sure your first aid kit is stocked. So like if it's been in the car for a long time and you've used it for a whole season or like you grab random stuff out of it and you're out of stuff, just like, yeah, on those like two times a year when you're just cleaning your car out and double checking everything, just like make sure you don't need to add anything to it Um, or just have a little checklist to see like what's in it and what's not. That way you can add it in and you're not like SOL when you need it, you know, so. Yeah. Totally. It's kind of fun to restock in my opinion. Yeah, it's like a cute little, like, I don't, I I agree. It's kind of fun. (laughs) uh okay so that's what I would say material wise um I carry with me for safety Mm -hmm. um yeah just it's nice to keep all that stuff contained so like I said I think I have like one or two storage boxes in the back of my truck that I just keep it back there all the time and I know it's in there um and then safety as far as you being I'm gonna use the scenario of being alone um and you could do this with friends too I guess it's still important but always let somebody know of your route um this pretty much goes for any travel you know backcountry travel especially Mm -hmm. always tell somebody your route when how far you're expecting to drive where you're staying and um how long you think it's going to take you so Especially for where you think you're staying for that night. I always, I have people tracking my location because I don't care what you're going to do with it. But 
yeah, so I have like my mom tracking it and then a few of my friends. So I know that um, whatever happens, they'll have that location. And then when I get somewhere where I'm going to stay for the night, I'll just send somebody a text and say, like, hey, this is where I'm staying. This is the hotel or like I'm camping in the Walmart parking lot in my car. Yeah. So this is the Walmart. <laughs> and uh, that's really important. Even if they don't even respond, it's good that you sent that text. Totally. I, I so co-sign this. I think it's an excellent idea. Yeah. And I, you know, often where I'm driving is out of cell phone service. And I know that like parts of, you know, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, and so I purchased one of those uh, Garmin inReaches, which is just the ultimate peace of mind because it's a little, it's super small. I wish I brought it inside with me, but I keep it in the front seat of my truck because. I I'm, love this idea. I've been thinking about getting one. So this is huge. I want to hear like your thoughts on it. So this is really, I love this. Yeah. So the inReach is a smaller, the mini smaller mm-hmm. version and I think it retails at like 350 um and then you have to pay to subscribe to the plan so you can do a plan that's like ten dollars a month to 40 depending on how much coverage and how many texts you want to send um but then when you have the actual device it has an SOS button in multiple locations uh so when you click that it'll notify um immediately authorities where you are and that doesn't need any signal so that will always go and because it connects to the satellites in the sky yep yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah with this inreach it's I carry it with me when I'm driving I carry it with me when I'm skiing hiking um and even with this I can just send somebody a text and be like hey I'm going to bed you know, and they know that my day of travel went okay, or that my day of hiking was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really allows you that flexibility. And honestly, now I, I love having that communication device. And I don't really think that I would go without it in certain situations. Um, Also, my mom loves it. I'm like, mom, can you pick? Yeah, you could. You could maybe get your parents to like um, co-buy, you know, like as a birthday gift or something. Like if you bought yeah. X amount of it and they pitched in for a little bit, that's actually a really good call. Or yeah, I think anything safety wise that like makes your day safer, I think is worth the money in the long run because obviously like it's just not, it's not if it's when. So I love that. And I know I have a Garmin Forerunner 955 watch that I wear all the time. And it's the same brand as the Garmin InReach. And I know their satellites are like similar. I don't totally know like the specifics, but my watch also has like a small function of the InReach. So um, if you are looking at a wearable watch or something, it's a little bit off topic, but just see if it has an assistance button that doesn't need um, signal because mine does. Like if something were to happen, it will notify like my emergency contacts and the authority authorities nearby so, mm-hmm. and it has um, incident detection. So if I'm biking and it senses a fall, I think I'm not totally sure how it works, but like it needs someone to clear the message. So it'll be like, you have to respond no within 10 seconds or else it will send out. Uh, oh, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. So just like the inReach is an awesome option. And I think for a lifestyle like you, where you're just like out in those spaces a lot with no signal, amazing. But like, 
I'm in a little bit more like I'm in this I'm in the burbs right now so this is perfect <laughs> when I go up north or something and I'm running trails and I like um just need like a, an emergency backstop I don't know my watch is a really good option too but honestly having any plan for when you have no service is huge because it's it will happen yes totally and along with that, you should not rely on your phone as your um, navigation. So I, I buy the updated atlases every year. <laughs> so That's so precious. But yeah, having an atlas is really important. And my dad always, he's like, make sure you have your atlas. And I was like, dad, come on, you know, but I've used it a lot. So um. Yeah, definitely have that. And a, a way to charge your phone is really nice. Uh, so you yeah. can keep communicating with people um, if you don't have that satellite. So, yeah, way to charge your phone. Um, and then I always like to have a knife or, um, in my vehicle, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you say this, and, like, some people may have mixed thoughts on certain things, but... I don't ever plan on using mine, but I know it's there if I need it. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I mean, everybody has different opinions, but it's even just helpful. Like, you know, if you need to crack out the windows, if you get yes. into a body of water or like um, you need to open something, it's or even spread your peanut butter or cut your yeah. slice of cheese, you know, so <laughs> it's good to have. And then um yeah, just make sure it's in a safe place. Never, this is my personal rule, never let your fuel level go beneath a quarter tank. I so, love this. I, I love this rule. Yeah, I always have my gas at least. Um, I mean, sometimes I even fill it up every half tank because I know like if I'm going through a big city, the gas is going to be cheaper there. And mm -hmm. if I'm driving through some rural town I might not see a gas station for two hours you know so um never also don't rely on those numbers that it says like you have 215 yep. miles because those change based on if you're driving on a highway or a city street and stuff like that totally and one thing I wanted to let people know is a big change from driving in like a metro like a metro area to like driving out west or out east, so I'm not super familiar with out east road trips, but I know out west, there can be hundreds of miles in between gas stations. So if yeah. all of a sudden you're not mindful of it, like you actually could not be in, a, you could be in a situation where you don't have gas. And so um, that is a real thing. Like the rest of America is like pretty much you can get gas wherever, but just be mindful of the fact that if you are road tripping out west in a place you've never been, or like through Canada or something, like you want to be mindful of your gas and plan out how long you have till the next gas station and be and don't just blow by it and be like oh we'll figure it out later like figure it out yeah. now so it's not an issue later totally because that's like just such an easy way to stay safe totally <laughs> yeah I definitely agree and then you can get these I have the app gas buddy that tells you where the cheapest gas is um so I like using that because a lot of the times the gas stations are so close together so you want to find the cheapest one. Yeah, great tip. We use that too. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, okay, yeah, triple. I feel like triple A is a really good resource. I personally have triple A. Um, 
their response time can be kind of slow. Uh, like the other day when we called, it was going to be eight hours, you know? So wow. just make sure you have a plan until that point and a way to keep yourself safe and entertained if you are going to re- rely on AAA. Um, and then make sure you always have your card uh, handy too, because that has a phone number on it. Um, Annie, real quick, while we're talking about AAA, um, for getting gifts for people, that's a really good gift idea to buy AAA for them for a year or something. And then the other thing is like when you're changing or like learning how to change a tire can be really intimidating. Um, do you feel comfortable at all? Just like running through the overall gist of it does not need to get into the weeds, but like what, what you kind of need to understand about changing a tire. Yeah, totally. Um, so you should know where your spare tire is. Um, and how to get it out too. I don't know that. Sorry to interrupt you, but that was an issue we had in a different car was like getting the spare out was really hard. Interesting. Yeah. That's because on every vehicle it's different too. So that's a good point. Um, yeah. So where your spare is, if you don't have a spare, a lot of vehicles have what's called a donut, um, which is like an emergency tire. You can't really drive those for more than, um, 60 miles is like the maximum. Uh, but they'll get you where you need to go. So either have, get your spare or get your donut and know where those are. And then you're going to need to jack up your car. So a lot of vehicles come with a jack and sometimes they'll be hidden underneath, um, the trunk bed, you know, where it seems like there might be extra seats underneath the carpeting could actually be where the jack is um so get that out and you kind of you place it under um one of the axles so the it depends on how many axles your car has um but you would put it under there and then you kind of just start cranking it you know lifting the uh car and then you should be able to um at that point you sh- it should be lifted up And then you're going to want to remove the lug nuts on the tire. So um, there's certain wrenches that are helpful for removing these and you have to have the right size. So um, I think they're like $10 at the hardware store and it's some of them are like a wheel that has all the different sizes. So Mm -hmm. if your tire size changes, I don't know if you upgraded them, why not just get one that has a variety yeah, throw it in <laughs> yeah exactly so um yeah loosen the lug nuts take off that the old tire put on the new one and then when you put the lug nuts back on you want to tighten them up in like a star fashion um instead of going circular wise because it just helps distribute distribute the weight um in a more even manner um, and then you, uh, D, D lift the car. I don't know. D escalate <laughs> and undo that. Uh, yeah. And then you're pretty much good to go. Sometimes it's good to keep your old tire. Don't leave it on the side of the road. Don't yeah. litter. Um, one note I had about the lug nuts one time I had to change a tire and like, as a woman, I'm not like the strongest person on earth. So getting the lug nuts off sometimes can be really hard. And so sometimes it helps 
not to get them off completely, but to make sure you can get one of them off before you jack the car up. So just because sometimes you have to put so much pressure on that, like it can kind of like if your car's up in the air and you're like really cranking down on this thing, it can kind of throw everything off. So just for peace of mind, maybe just make sure you can get one off, retighten it back on and, and jack your car up because I could not get a couple of them off. And then that was like a whole issue. So yeah. Yeah, just as a FYI. And then when your car's jacked up, it can fall off the jack. So just like don't be under the car and like just be mindful. If you're on a hill or something, like try to maybe like just think through like if your car is up in the air, it's not on a stable foundation. That can be a risk too. Yeah. So using the parking brake too is a good point. I didn't even think about. Um. Yeah, those lug nuts are really hard to screw on. They sell like little... um tools like a drill with a certain attachment on the end like they use in the the NASCAR and stuff that would be so sick you roll up (laughs) you're like I will get these off in the world's fastest time everyone's like no way and you get your little drill out and you're just like yeah that would feel so good also I don't know like this isn't um advice but this is just a side note Mm -hmm. if you are a lady you will have so many people pull over to try to help you. Yeah. And I, so the other day when our, our two tires came off. That's insane. This, <laughs> yeah. Well, we had this man with us, this man, and he was like, oh my gosh, so many people are stopping to help you guys. Like I have never had a single person pull over um, when I've been on the side of the road. Wow. So yeah, it really, it can be positive if you do need help and you don't know how uh, to change the tire, but also make sure that that person is safe. Um, and if you don't need them there or you aren't comfortable with them, just be super rude. <laughs> just be yeah. like, I don't need help and I want you to leave. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I learned there's this podcast I really love. My favorite murder. It's like massively popular. But the thing they always say is like, fuck politeness. Like if you feel uncomfortable and, and not safe, like you do not need to be polite. Like you can like tell someone to leave if you need to and don't worry about hurting their feelings. They're going to be fine. <laughs> yes. And like a lot of the times you will have that feeling. And if somebody feels unsafe, um, I mean, obviously there there are certain biases, but you know, listen to that voice and be like, I don't think I can trust this person. Yeah, um, totally. I love when people have like kids with them or something because that always makes me feel safer. Yeah, totally. I love that tip, and I think yeah, the bias thing is definitely important to acknowledge. But when you're vulnerable on the side of the road, like, just take your space if you need it, and I don't know, go from there. Yeah, totally. Love. Annie, that was like so informative. Um, like a lot of really like takeaway, like a lot of great takeaways that I'm so happy you went over because honestly, I could not explain it if I tried. So you are like so good at explaining this stuff. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you don't know that you like keep track of all these things in your mind. But um, I think also, so my uh, family can be kind of like, not critical of me sometimes, but they can be like, well, why are you doing that alone? Why are you going on that road trip alone? Um, And you know, like how to keep yourself safe and you know when you feel threatened. And to me, what I always communicate with them is like, I, I love life. 
I love my life. I want to keep living it. And like, I take safety precautions on every trip I go on and am aware of the dangers, you know? So having this trust in yourself and taking responsibility and ownership for that, I think is a really important thing because it's like, you're not going to rely on your neighbor down the street, you know, like this is just you out there. So yeah, be proud That's of that. Like- That's so beautifully said. And I think like can be extremely empowering. I mean, obviously if you're like on the, like don't blow past your family's concerns if they are really concerned, like maybe think, think, and that's not what you're saying at all. But I do think it is very normal. Like I've had that too, where my mom was like, yeah, you're not going on this road trip until you have like one other girl with you. And I was like, dude, what? Like, and then it ended up being super fun and no big deal. And like one of the best trips of my life. But like, don't let them take the wind out of your sails if you are really passionate about something and like show them that you are responsible I guess like just the actions speak louder than words so just I love the way you articulated it too it's just beautifully said yeah thanks and you're so right those concerns can be really valid um but like you know what you need to do so do that yeah Um, love um some of these questions I feel like we have touched on a lot. Is there any other like really tangible takeaways or stuff that you think someone would really need to know, like road tripping that you found out later through experience? Cause I feel like we have gotten a lot of these checked off, but what do you kind of think? Yeah. Um, I agree that we've gotten a lot of them checked off. Um, something I think is, I just love this life lesson in general that somebody taught me is life is about managing expectations. (laughs) And I think road trips are a lot like that because you have to go into them knowing that it's not going to be perfect and things are going to go wrong. And this road might be closed or this route might be closed off. Um, Mm -hmm. So just keep an open mind and keep an open schedule too like allowing yourself flexibility time-wise will help you have a lot calmer mind. Um, I love that. And also if you're deciding between driving and flying, maybe like I know my breaks for school are really limited. So like I do not have a lot of time to like road trip all that often. So if you are deciding, maybe bring that variable into the mix and say like, yeah, I don't have like a lot of time. So maybe this would be a better time to fly or spend the money flying if you are on that like super tight schedule where like you may make decisions that may put you at risk when you're road tripping like oh we need to drive through the night to get home for x thing like maybe if that's the scenario you're in like pay for the pilot to fly your plane home you know like you don't need to put yourself in that situation so I've been struggling to make those decisions like I would love to road trip but I don't know if I have the time or energy to give it what it needs yeah for sure because it does take a lot of mental energy to be alert that whole time so I love checking in with yourself about that. One last like like nitty gritty question I have is like deciding between a four wheel drive car and a regular drive. Like what's your thoughts on the four wheel drive and how necessary is it? Yes, I have had this very direct experience. Um, <laughs> so it definitely depends on where you are and what kind of driving you do. Um, personally, when I... Uh, bought my first vehicle there I have a supportive family but for some reason nobody helped me on this venture (laughs) so I was 
19, I was just like, I'm going to buy this car, you know, and I really wanted that Tacoma because Tacomas are, I thought like, this is so cool. You know, I want this, but it's a two wheel drive truck and it put me in a lot of, um, it allowed me to road trip a lot. It had great gas mileage, but, um, it did put me in a lot of frustrating positions because it was two wheel drive. Um, and I think just if I could have gone back and told myself, I would have just paid more for a four wheel drive vehicle. Um, so, and it doesn't have to be a truck like the Subarus, they do all wheel drive. And that's what I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like people love them and they drive so well in the winter conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on what you're doing with your vehicle and where you are and what situations you're getting into. Personally, I couldn't have survived this winter without four wheel drive. Um, and it just made me feel a lot safer. Uh, something to note. Oh, I wanted to talk about winter driving. Yeah, please get into it. Also, another note is like you <laughs> cars are, you know, you can be into the ego game of vehicles. And like, I have to admit, I definitely fall victim to that. I'm like, I want this car because it's cool. Um, and it looks a certain totally. way. Um, but choose a vehicle that's safe for you. And it doesn't have to be the fanciest thing ever. It doesn't have to have all the bells and whistles. Um, just make sure it's safe. Um, so that's what I would advise. I love also, that advice. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I so the culmination of my winter driving like probably a month ago, two months ago, um, I was driving down a mountain pass in like whiteout conditions and my truck slammed into a guardrail. And yeah, this was like, I just got this truck in like January. (laughs) And it was so like, it was such a hard impact, but honestly, it was a really lucky situation because I didn't, um, First of all, I didn't fall off the mountain and it didn't like mess up anything mechanically. It's all just cosmetic. Um, But yeah, it's like a six grand repair. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I'm glad you're okay, though. That's like really that's no joke. Thanks. Yeah, it was scary. And then (laughs) anyways, yeah, my dad's an insurance agent. So I had to tell my dad. Um, (laughs) I was like, damn it. Anyways, okay, winter driving. So when, okay, for most people, if you don't encounter winter driving, it feels super scary and intimidating. And you're like, you might get really anxious. I don't know if I can do this. Um, So I think there's a few really good tips that can direct your experience, I guess. Would love to hear them. <laughs> so, um. If it's icy, your brakes are not going to act at the same time and with the same direction that they usually do. Um, So if you just if you hit ice and you're scared because you're going really fast, you and you slam on the brakes, your vehicle's going to swerve and um, 
it's going to go in a different direction than you want. And you could potentially hit the oncoming traffic if there's any. So that's really scary. Um, So if you are on ice or even snow, just like slowly pump your brakes. Um, Even if you're going downhill, just slowly pump them. And that will slow you down, but it'll allow you to have more control over the vehicle. Um, And then something that always go, don't care if other people on the road are behind you and you're driving really slow. Just drive the pace that you need. Everybody's experiencing this tough weather, you know? Um, Always have your lights on, even if it's the middle of the day and it's, you know, it's good to have your lights on. Um, Other things. Oh, if you get, I guess getting stuck is a whole nother thing. So I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like we, I, it would be really cool to get into like another episode on like certain situations, like your certain (laughs) situations and how you've got them. I feel like that is really good experience. But like, I, one thing I wanted to say about mountain driving is sometimes when you use your brakes a lot. So like when you're going over a pass or like braking for extended periods of time, it can exhaust your brakes or heat them up to the point where they're like no longer functional. So mm-hmm. use paddle shifting. So like some cars have paddle shifters in them where you can bring down the gear. And I don't, I'm kind of talking out of like not a lot of mechanical knowledge, but how it's been explained to me is that you can shift your car down and gear to have it only go so fast. So you're not braking, but you're only allowing your car to like go up to a certain RPMs. So it won't go as fast. So what we'll do is like, I took, I have a Subaru Forester and it drove super well in the winter. I was like really hyped on how well it drove actually but we were going over past it was snowing it was like really bad conditions super busy traffic and um I think the point about driving your own speed is huge because you may be keeping people behind you safe too I mean don't drive like aggressively slow but like you are almost doing people a favor sometimes when you drive like at a reasonable safe pace so anyway we use paddle shifting and I just brought it down to like a drive two or drive three And then, yeah, I would only go like 20 or 30 miles per hour, maybe slower than that even. So that's a nice way to not use your brakes out. So that way, like they're still responsive over long periods of time. Totally. Yeah, because often I feel like people, including myself, see those gears and they're like, I don't really know what to do with this. But yeah, yeah, when you're going down long um, downhills, it's really useful. Totally. Um, Annie, you want to get into some fun questions and wrap it up a little bit? Yeah. Is there any, before we wrap up, is there anything else like on the top of your brain that you think is helpful? Or I feel like we've covered so much. I know we're trucking along the summer that I was working out here outside of Glacier. It was so cool because so many people were coming into the restaurant I was working at and they all kind of had a pretty similar route, which um, is an amazing route but connecting the national parks. So going from uh, Yellowstone or the Tetons to Yellowstone to Glacier and then looping back around is a super cool route. Or you could even go to Moab or Rocky Mountain. Um, But yeah, it was a really amazing transition, I feel like, in U.S. culture where after COVID, people realized the power that road tripping had because that was their only option um and just got out and saw the country and it's like 
this country is so vast and diverse in landscapes and people. And I just feel like I'm really happy that there's this rise of road tripping culture because we need those diverse experiences, you know? Yeah. I love that. And I think like that maybe attributes a little bit to van life getting really popular and that's it's complete own can of worms, but like on a more practical level, like you can road trip and experience that taste of van life or that taste of like a nomadic life for chunks at a time that I think are really unique. And like you said, in the very beginning, flying is almost like an illusion. Like you appear in a different place and mentally it takes a little bit to catch up to the speed of where you are or like the pace but road tripping gives you that time to like see things you've never seen before, experience things you've never experienced. And then also like, I don't know, I just think it's a really powerful tool for travel and really often overlooked by people as they like have more success or more money, they like look down on it almost. And I think there's a lot of like really amazing things you get out of it that aren't always tangible. Totally. Yeah. And also it's so, I mean, for me, I feel as a, young adult I had seen the Midwest and I'd seen a lot of different places um and was fortunate to do that but until I started road tripping I didn't feel like I had a full grasp on America like I you know I was like oh well I grew up in a college town and you start driving and you realize whoa uh, most of America is based on farms you know and like these rural communities don't have access to certain resources that maybe when we're in the city we think well why don't why don't they do this with their you know with their legislation or with their community and when you get to those communities and they don't only have one restaurant and the the same person works at three of the establishments, it starts to make sense, you know? Totally. I just feel like that was a really important part of my understanding of the U.S. and how that's grown. I love that. And I think you don't need to go too far to experience that. Like you can go within your own home state and experience the change in attitude and lifestyle and see and have an appreciation for a different way of living I think that's so huge and the more experiences we have the better people we become so totally yeah that's a great way to love um Annie this was amazing I feel like we've I we have surpassed all my expectations of what we're going to talk about today and you were like beyond knowledgeable and your experience is like so amazing so I'm hyped on this um let's hit some Yeah, of course. Let's hit some fun questions. Um, So Mm -hmm. we're in a shoulder season. We're in spring. What like adventure or thing are you really hyped on right now? Could be like literally any sport, anything. What are you excited about? Yeah. Um, So I'm excited about backcountry skiing right now. Um, And I kind of Banff is only like four hours away from me. So I kind of want to go to Banff. Um, but also, okay, I was telling Caroline about this earlier, but I'm type seven Enneagram, I just learned. And there's that desire to go, 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 go. And so I've been really, I mean, I've only been doing this for a week, but it's been difficult. I'm just trying to stay still and to be okay with being uncomfortable with that. Um, and yeah, it's 
really hard and but also I'm um training for this summer I'm gonna be a wildland firefighter so and I'm the only that's girl in my so cool that's insane you're gonna be the only girl in your crew yeah so I've been uh I knew that I had to train hard but now I have to train even harder so I've been really diving into like health and wellness and I got a new blender I've been like going to yoga doing my clean so yes it's kind of been gonna get some trail runs in you I'm so hyped for you we have to touch base obviously the summer's gonna be insane but like we have to touch base on how that goes and I'm so excited for you thanks yeah yeah I'm definitely a little bit nervous about it because I know that it's gonna kick my ass but um I think it'll be cool because I really like fought to get on the crew that I'm on it's the one of the helicopter crews so that's what I'm excited about where we use that as like our main resource so I'm stoked last one I feel like this is a good little like ender for us but like fave road tripping or travel snack Ooh, yeah I love even when I'm not road tripping I always have a little thing of fruit in the car with me I remember that about you Annie always (laughs) yeah like I always usually it's blackberries because blackberries are really easy to eat while you're driving I guess (laughs) but yeah I always have a little container of those um but also I like popcorn a lot for driving because um it makes you you feel so bogged down you know totally what's yours um I think I'm almost the exact opposite when I road trip I tend to like not eat super well which like I definitely should get better about but I am typically on vacation yeah I'm on vacation so I'm kind of like I don't really care what I eat right now I like love cheesy snacks so like the cheese Chex Mix I'll always get like halfway through with like a diet coke that's like the ultimate treat for me so or um I'll do like hard boiled eggs a lot. I know they're kind of sus at the gas stations, but I am still here. So I guess they're fine. But I'll do like two hard boiled eggs if I'm not feeling like very full because that will like cut my hunger right away. Nice. Those are good ones. And the cheesy Chex Mix is so good. It's so addicting. And like, yeah, I don't know why, but it's so bad for you. But I don't even care. I'm just like, oh, it's so freaking good. And when you indulge in those things that you don't usually don't, it's so, it tastes even better. Yeah, it's like a simple treat. Annie, thank you so much for all your experience and sharing like all your tips and tricks with us. And you're going to crush it as a wildland firefighter. So I'm so excited to get updates soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Caroline, and this podcast and starting it. It's amazing. Thanks, bud. You've made it to the end. Congratulations. Quick thank you to people in our community. Thanks to Tommy for recording this fab music. Thanks to Riley for doing our graphics and design work. You can find Tommy at The Porch Flowers on Insta. You can find Riley at REJ Design. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your week, everyone.